This is the Affirm America podcast, where we stand up and speak out affirming American excellence. Coming to you deep in the heart of the Midwest, located in an undisclosed log cabin on the outskirts of town, your host, Marquis Vandemark. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Affirm America podcast. On this Thursday, July the 28th, 2022, we had some rain last night here in the Midwest. A little bit overcast today, but the temperatures are uh, going to be in the 80s or low 80s or so. Not bad for this time of the year. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Affirm America podcast. I'm your host, Marquise Vandemark. If you haven't subscribed yet, run over to AffirmAmerica.com. Drop in your email address. We'll send you out a notice. All right, these are your top five headlines for this Thursday morning. Let's start off with headline number five. Portland Public Schools teach students queer theory as young as kindergarten. From the City Journal, Portland Public Schools has launched a war against the gender binary and adopted a radical new curriculum teaching students to subvert the sexuality of white colonizers and begin exploring the infinite gender spectrum. I have obtained a cache of documents from a source inside Portland Public Schools that exposes the nature of this curriculum. The lessons seek to turn the principles of academic queer theory into an identity formation program for elementary school students. It has been adopted in many of the district's K-5 through classrooms. The premise is simple. Privileged white heterosexuals have created an oppressive gender system in order to dominate racial and sexual minorities. As the curriculum explains, gender is colonized, and Western societies have used language to erase alternative sexualities. When white European people colonized different places, they brought their own ideas about gender and sexuality. The curriculum reads, quote, When the United States was colonized by white settlers, their views around gender were forced upon the people already living here. Hundreds of years later, how we think and talk about gender are still impacted by this shift, end quote. When reached for comment, Portland Public Schools wrote, quote, We make certain that our curriculum is LGBTQ+, inclusive for students who identify as transgender, gender non-conforming, gender queer, and queer to create a safe and inclusive environment for all of our students, end quote. The curriculum begins in kindergarten with an anatomy lesson featuring graphic drawings of children's genitalia. The lesson avoids the terms boy and girl in favor of the gender-neutral variants, persons with a penis, and person with a vulva, because according to the curriculum, some girls can have penises and some boys can have vulvas. Any gender and kid can have any type of body. A related presentation reads, Christopher Rufo, Portland Public Schools is now teaching elementary school students to subvert the sexuality of white colonizers, acknowledge that girls can have penises, and begin experimenting with Z and Zer pronouns and exploring the infinite gender spectrum. All I got to say is if you're a parent in the, in the Portland uh, Public Schools, you better get your kids out of there right away because these guys are crazy. They're promoting stuff that 
has no business at all in our public schools. And if you have kids there, you need to get them out of there, move to a different county, go somewhere else, do homeschooling, charter school, anything you can. But this kind of indoctrination is way out there in left field. And again, it has no business in our public schools, especially teaching children from kindergarten level all the way up to the fifth grade is just absurd. This is indoctrination. This is way out there in the far left. These are ideas that come directly out of neo-Marxism, this critical theory that has infiltrated our school systems, our government, the woke corporations, and we need to really be on top of this because this is not going to end very nicely. We're going to create problems within our own children, confusion, and we're going to have a society that is fractured and breaking down the family structure, which is based on sex, which there are only two sexes. There's male and female. Anytime you use the gender terminology, it's very vague and it can be manipulated and that language can be very, very dangerous. So we stick to sexes. Individual has a penis. He's a boy. They have a vulva. It is a girl. They cannot mix the two. It's all based on chromosomes and DNA. All right, headline number four. Justice Clarence Thomas will no longer teach at George Washington University Law School. From the Insider, Associate Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas will not be teaching at George Washington University Law School this fall, the school student newspaper reported Wednesday. The news, which comes weeks after circulation of a student-led petition to fire Thomas as a lecturer over his June 24 vote to overturn Roe v. Wade, was announced in an email from Gregory Maggs, a judge on the United States Court of Appeals for the Armed Forces, who has been co-teaching a constitutional law seminar with Thomas since 2011. Bridget Gabriel, Justice Clarence Thomas will no longer be teaching his class at George University, George Washington University Law School, after Snowflake students complained. The esteemed Supreme Court Justice has been lecturing at GWU for over a decade. From Town Hall, in reacting to the news, Professor Jonathan Turley, who also teaches at the law school, shared the article from the GW Hatchet, referring to it as a huge loss. His tweet suggests that Thomas's old age and the court's full docket may have something to do with it. Okay, so you can see how deeply divided and, and the differences between conservative viewpoints and this far radical left viewpoint that the young people are being indoctrinated with as they're coming up through their school systems and their college. This snowflake kind of idea where they, they can't listen to two sides of the story and everything has to fit within their little boxes. And if they don't fit in that little box, then they yell and scream like little children and they kick out that opposing view, which is, is uh, completely against our constitutional form of government the First Amendment, the right for free speech, and that the universities should be a place where ideas are shared and they just don't eliminate certain ideas just because they don't like them. So uh, in this situation, Clarence Thomas, Justice Thomas, has decided that maybe because of his old age, it's time to uh, hang up his teaching career. But it is most definitely a big loss for those students because Clarence Thomas is one of the most 
well-informed conservative justice that has ever sat on the bench. All right, headline number three. Donald Trump notifies CNN of the intent to sue for defamation. From the New York Post, former President Donald Trump is threatening to sue CNN over what he called defamatory statements about his repeated insistence that massive election fraud was responsible for his defeat in the 2020 presidential election, a claim rejected in the courts and by his own Department of Justice. Quote, I have notified CNN of my intent to file a lawsuit over their repeated defamatory statements against me, end quote. Trump said in a statement released by his Save America PAC on Wednesday, quote, I will also be commencing actions against other media outlets who have defamed me and defrauded the public regarding the overwhelming evidence of fraud throughout the 2020 election, end quote. The 45th president added, quote, I will never stop fighting for the truth and for the future of our country, end quote. The 282 two-page notice dated July 21st accuses the cable news giant of publishing false statements about Trump in numerous articles and televised transmissions. Trump's attorney, James Trusty, estimated CNN has aired defamatory comments about his client roughly 7,700 times and called on the outlet to publish a full and fair correction, apology, or retraction in all mentioned articles, transcripts, or broadcasts within 10 days of the notice. From the Daily Mail, the letter also cited examples dating back to the 2016 election, where it accused CNN of allowing claims that Trump was illegitimately elected to go unchecked and fed a narrative that repeatedly defamed Trump's character before and after the 2020 presidential election. Dozens of lawsuits filed after the 2020 election alleging widespread fraud that tipped the election in favor of President Biden were summarily dismissed, suggesting Trump's defamation suit may not get far. Well, you got to admit that uh, Trump has a little bit of chutzpah and he's willing to go after the media outlets. Now, whether it will go very far, that's another question, but at least he's taking a stand and he's putting these guys on notice and letting the American people see that uh, CNN is uh, fake news. A lot of the media's out here, the mainstream media, is uh, opinion. It's commentary. They're pushing a narrative. They're not reporting objective news. We all can see that. We all know that. And when they crossed the line, like The View did the other day, when they started accusing uh, Turning Point USA that Nazis were attending, and now they're facing a lawsuit— for defamation of Turning Point USA and Charlie Kirk. And so this is what, uh, this is what the fight looks like. We have, you, you, we have to push back. You can't just lay over or roll over, but you have to be able to stand up and speak the truth and put these guys on notice when they step out of line. All right, headline number two, Democrats postpone vote on assault weapons ban, police reform. From Politico, House Democrats have abandoned plans to pass an ambitious package of public safety bills, including legislation to ban so-called assault weapons after days of tumult within their caucus. Speaker Nancy Pelosi and her leadership team made the decision to punt the vote in a closed-door meeting Wednesday with several key groups of Democrats still raising concerns with some of the bills, such as lack of police accountability measures. 
With only four votes to spare, party leaders lack the necessary support to pass the package this week. But senior lawmakers will still work to resolve the remaining problems so legislation can be ready when the House returns to vote sometime in August on other measures, according to Democratic familiar with the negotiations. From hot air, why not pass the pieces that can get the votes? House Democrats actually had that teed up, but progressives demanded on everything or nothing at all approach of the kind that sunk Build Back Better proposal as well as the election federalization bill, H.R. 1. The policing bill was on life support, not so much due to GOP opposition, but because of House moderates fearing a midterm backlash to the progressive demands. So Nancy Pelosi has some problems. She has a very uh, strong progressive wing that is very radical, very far left. And the moderates uh, just couldn't go with it because they fear a big backlash in the midterms, which is already going to happen anyway. So they might as well vote for it because the red wave is definitely going to be a tsunami here in November. And uh, their ideas are out of step with the mainstream common American citizen. And so uh, that's good that it failed. And we need to continue to stand up and oppose these radical ideas like defunding the police, accountability issues, which there are already built into the policing system. These ideas are very far out of the mainstream, and it's a good thing that this uh, legislation failed. All right, headline number one, Senators Manchin and Schumer reach agreement on reconciliation. Wall Street Journal Senator Joe Manchin, Democrat from West Virginia, reached an agreement with Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer to vote on a package designed to lower energy and health care costs while narrowing the federal deficit in a sudden apparent revival of President Biden's tax and climate agenda that Mr. Manchin had seemingly killed just weeks ago. The deal would raise roughly $739 billion, with much of the revenue coming from a 15% corporate minimum tax and enhanced tax enforcement efforts at the Internal Revenue Service, as well as projected savings from allowing Medicare to negotiate some prescription drug prices. Of that new revenue, roughly $369 billion would be spent on climate and energy programs, with another $64 billion dedicated to extending health care subsidies for three years for some Affordable Care Act users. The bill would dedicate the rest of the new revenue toward reducing the deficit, according to a summary provided by Mr. Monsignor Schumer and Manchin. Mr. Manchin's comments Wednesday made in a statement issued while the West Virginia senator isolated with COVID-19 marked a turnabout in his position. Mr. Manchin had weeks earlier said he wouldn't soon support legislation dealing with climate policies and raising taxes, citing inflation concerns. His stance was seen as torpedoing his party's goal of passing a bill before the midterms. Jake Sherman. Manchin says he's reached agreement with Schumer on a reconciliation deal that deals with climate, energy, tax, and health care. From CNBC, the full Senate will consider the bill next week, Schumer and Manchin said. They hope that the legislation will meet the Senate's parliamentarians' budget reconciliation rules allowing Democrats to pass it without needing GOP votes. The Democrats' razor-thin majority in the Senate includes Senator Bernie Sanders, independent from Vermont, who caucuses with the Democrats 
and Vice President Kamala Harris' ability to cast the tie-breaking vote. With a single defection, Democrats hope to pass any legislation strictly along party lines fall apart. Say it ain't so, Joe. You you caved in, buddy. You gave up on holding the line and you may you disappointed a lot of people out there. Shouldn't have voted for it. Not a good thing, especially that kind of $369 billion going towards climate change and raising taxes during a recession. You're just pouring gasoline on a fire, my friend. And Joe Manchin, you're going to have to uh, face the music because the opposing forces are coming out, the midterms around the corner, and bad decision. Bad, bad, bad. So uh, get on the phones. Call Joe. I already called him this morning and uh, let him know that uh, he disappointed a lot of moderates, Republicans and Democrats, and he got stuck by the Schumer machine and was convinced that it's a good idea to raise taxes and spend a lot of money on climate change. And also to subsidize that failed health care plan, the Obama Cares Act or whatever it is, that health care program, more government funding for health care by going around the, the legal laws and letting government run health care rather than private sector. All right, those are your top five headlines for this Thursday, July 28, 2022. Thanks for joining us on the Affirm America podcast. I'm your host, Marquise Vandemark. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless. This is the Affirm America podcast with your host, Marquis Vandemark. And let's never forget, America is great and we affirm it.